You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 358 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. I'm very excited about this week's episode. Five pro tips for beginners and enthusiasts to take their photography to the next level. But this week, um, Mm -hmm. so good because we've come out of lockdown. I'm sorry you guys in Sydney are still in lockdown, but Mm -hmm. what was really nice for me was this is the first time since Easter that the militia family got to get together and we went out and we had for the first, this was my first time, Chinese hot pot. Oh. I'm a fan, Val. So what it is is basically, um, for those of you that haven't tried it, it's like there's, uh, you sit around a table and they have like this, um, in the center of the table, there's like two different uh, broth mixes. So there's like a chili one and there's like a more, um, a, a less spicy one, and then you order the raw ingredients and then you cook them in the center of the table. So it's like mm. fondue, or like a fondue party, and so you can have like vegan options or thinly sliced meat or mm. dumplings that you just put in and cook. So much fun. Yes. It was so good. Well, I, I call that steamboat. Is that not steamboat? So we, we call it Chinese hot pot okay. down here. All hot right. pot, yeah. So there's a there, for Melbourne listeners, mm. there is a place called Panda Hot Pot in uh, Carlton. Mm. Uh, that's the one that we went to. Uh, I highly, this is not a sponsored post, no. by the way. <laughs> um, but they, the service is amazing. Like they come in and you've got your own waiter who's just explaining everything. So like this is this mm. is how long you need to cook it for and they're coming and they're helping you and uh, it was just so much and so, so lovely to see, you know, the family again after like oh, forever. So it yeah, was how wonderful. lovely. What, yeah. What about you, Val? What have you been up to? Well, as you've mentioned, I'm in lockdown. <laughs> You've been telling me about the uh, delicacies that you've been enjoying in lockdown, Val. What's been your favourite? So you mean the peanut butter and the almond yes. croissant do- and the raspberry so the and Nutella? <laughs> you're doing wrong. What? I told you because you're having peanut butter with multigrain bread. Why bother? I said <laughs> you need to change that. The best way to have peanut butter is it's goes Nutella. hand in hand. <laughs> I've told the teller is next level, but it has to be white bread, <gasps> soft white bread, I soft know. white bread, and it. This is not so you want to be a uh, an Elvis. Um, <laughs> it was one of his favourite sandwiches, wasn't it? Uh, this is n- n- not so you want to be a sandwich maker. This is this is a, a show about photography, but photography, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. But Val and I just like to debrief. So, yeah, so peanut butter sandwich. How else is lockdown? How, how's lockdown going aside from that, Val? Well, I've been quite productive actually because yeah. um, uh, it's enabled me some time to paint more paintings and yeah. also varnish paintings and then photograph the painting. So it's Fantastic. I've got a bit of a system going now, uh, which is good. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's going well. So I'm quite happy about that. And mm. I jumped on your Insta and had a look the other day and it's like you've changed styles now. So you're going for a more abstract style and they're no, uh, the beachy abstract. themes. Oh, kind of. It's like more impressionistic, I reckon. Oh, some I would of them are. Yes, as, that's true. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, some yeah. So very beachy and uh, quite lovely. Very so coastal. Really love the. Yeah, very coastal. Well, it's um, weird because so that actually fantastic. started over when we had the Christmas lockdown. So that's when it yeah. started, and then I went off it again, and then I've um, back onto it. So it seems to be the thing that. Um, 
that that is working and and people are buying. So that's exciting. Yeah, that, and that's that's another exciting thing. How's the photography go? Like after you varnish the images, mm. uh, the paintings is the varnish a uh, a gloss finish or is it a matte finish? And how does that um, impact the photography? So do you mm. would you prefer to photograph before you varnish or after? I actually photograph before I varnish. Yeah, so, clever. Yeah, so it's um and and because it does really change the look if you have a uh, a gloss varnish completely changes yeah. the look which I don't yeah. really do as much these days I have a matte varnish but it's matte just varnish. a lot easier if I varnish before I mean sorry if I photograph before the varnish um yeah because then there's no issues and I found this just this ideal spot where the light is really even um and so it's perfect really perfect yeah that's fantastic Mm. so that's actually a good tip for photographers who are uh, photographing art for artists Mm. maybe uh suggest that you go around and take the shots before they do the varnish because the varnish isn't uh, like an aesthetic thing it's just to protect the uh the painting from fading i guess it well sometimes it all in, right? some, well yes and no if you use a gloss varnish it makes a huge difference it is an aesthetic depth. thing it's just right so you it, can it, see the it, texture it often, and the depth well often the colors are even more vibrant oh interesting um, depending on the paint the color the colors uh yep. so yeah it's it can be quite different um so i'm not sure how people go with shooting things with gloss varnish because the reflection is definitely an issue. I mean, you can definitely shoot it and then correct it in Photoshop. It's just more work. Yeah. So Mm. the lighting um, technique that I share for the goal community in the how to photograph art course uh, actually covers that. So I show how to like, because often you'll get an image that like is behind glass that you need to photograph. So how do you um, overcome the issues of flare and things like that? So I've got a lighting setup that actually eliminates all the flare Val, and that would work for your images that are varnished and you won't get those highlights and, and that sheen using this particular, particular lighting setup it's all about how you line up the lights mm. uh it's like magic really and if you have a lot of artists in your area and you put yourself out there as somebody who can do photography of art then it can work out quite well for you because if you have it yeah. all set up so for example I used to go to this um art photographer before I before you taught me how to do it myself um yeah and she, hers was just set up all the time so she didn't mm. have to you know move things around or whatever she just put the artwork there and it was really straightforward and she used to charge per piece so yeah uh, depending on also the the size of the file that you wanted but let's just say um i i've had quotes that were that ranged from if it was a one one piece ranging from 125 to 180 dollars yeah. per piece if you give them five pieces at one go you get a bit of a discount you well, know because it's yep. They don't have to, you know, they can just go run through it. And and the beauty also is that you don't have to pose your subject because, you know, you don't have to get into their heads. You don't have to deal don't with have their to insecurities. <laughs> but it's a good little money spinner yeah. for photographers looking for ways to make extra um, cash. Mm-hmm. And also, if you're very clever about the way that you do it, um, as you're meeting these artists and getting to know them, they'll come and see you a few times. Eventually, they're going to need a better artist profile image. And that in itself yeah. is a specialized um, genre so that you could uh, – and not only that, how great is it to be working and collaborating with other artists? It's perfect, mm. right? So you can start by shooting their art and then uh, as you get to know them and how they think, you'll be thinking up ways that you can actually photograph them in their studios and doing their um, their artist portraits because they need them, you know, and they need good ones and they need creative ones. So uh, good little lucrative way to uh, make some money in that in a in a beautiful community and something actually that people might not have considered i want to give a big shout out to i think he's based in melbourne uh, a photographer in M- melbourne called alex 
Wigan, um, who I actually discovered his photographs. I can't remember where, but it could have been Unsplash or something. He had some beautiful photographs of Tasmania. And I actually contacted him and said, hey, I love this particular shot of, you know, this place in Tasmania, I'd really like to paint it. Now, of course, if you're just using photography as inspo and you're not actually representing it in the same way, you just like the colours or, you know, you just like the the mood it evokes, then it doesn't really matter. But I actually really liked the composition. I liked the colours. I liked everything. So I said, hey, is it okay with you if I – you know, use your photo and basically paint it. And he was so kind and he said, yeah, go for it and all, all of that. It took me three years or two years before I, before I got round to it, probably, <laughs> to, you know, when I was in lockdown. And I finally did it and uh, I, sent, I sent him the photo. I said, oh, I just thought you might be interested. You gave me permission um, a couple of years ago. And he's the final product. And he, he, you know, said nice things about the painting, which was lovely. And I said, hey, I might just hang it on my wall, but I might sell it. And if I sell it, I'm happy to give you 10% or, you know, a certain percentage. Yeah. And um, he, he, he was very kind. He said, oh, there's no need to do that, you know. Um, he, he was just happy that someone, uh, that, that, you know, I enjoyed his yeah. photography and um, – and I still haven't decided whether I'm going to hang it on my wall or sell it. But I said to him, look, that's, I mean, he, he thought it was a kind gest, a nice gesture that I offered him a percentage, but I also thought it was a nice gesture of him to say no. So I said, look, if I do sell it, I'll donate, you know, the, the percentage to um, doggy rescue for rescue dogs nice. in your honor kind of thing. Um uh, you know, but potentially that might be a way. Uh, who knows, right? To if a, if a, if an artist asks you, um, to, for a collaboration in that way, you yeah. that, that might be yeah. a small amount of money yeah. that could be useful to you. Definitely, there's lots of ways out there to uh, work together, and uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's a great idea, Val. Mm. So anyway, just a just a thought. Mm, fantastic. All right, so this week's topic is five pro tips for beginners and enthusiasts to take their photography to the next level. And I know that one of the things that you've been doing to, is helping the gold community as well take their photography to the next level. What have you been working with them on lately? Yeah, it's been a fantastic week in the gold community. Lots of wins here. I had one of the members telling me a story about how they shot a headshot and it's like I I really um, bang on about these one percenters and it's like when they're uploading their images, I'll say this is great and then I will list all the good things about the image and then all the things I want them to do next time to take that image to the next level, all these little one percenters. And they've been drilled in and it's like often like you're going along and you're learning and it's like you don't notice how far you've come until what happened to one of the members where they uh, a, a headshot that they did for someone was published in amongst uh, several other headshots done by other photographers. And my comment, and this is what the, the photographer noticed, she said, uh, my images really stood out. You can see the difference. And I said, oh, yeah, this is my comment. Your images stands out like dog's balls, right? <laughs> which is my standard reply, yes. which just means that basically they they just like the other photographers didn't bother, bother with all those little one percenters, mm. you know, no white balance, lighting, like, and, you know, and then the, the, the Goldies, what's I'm so proud of them, then list all the things that they noticed about the other images and what was wrong with them. Oh my God, the, the hot spot on the head, the, the editing is awful. The image is crooked. The, the color is wrong. And then you see this particular gold members images just stands out. So these things that like you, you think are not important until you see them standing out against those other images. And then when you've got images like this and you post them to social media, your followers and your clients are not 
at first going to understand uh, what it is you do that is different to the other images that they see, but they will notice the difference. They will see the quality. They won't understand it. And so it's really important. Another great thing that I noticed this week is I'm getting the pros in the group. So those that have been shooting for years and years and years, I'm getting them all to do zero to hero lighting. And then I'm asking them what they notice. And it's like, they're telling me like these amazing stories are coming back with like a finally, I understand lighting. I thought Mm. I did before, but now I understand it in a way that I can walk into any situation and control the lighting and create the the kind of image that I've got in my mind's eye. So there are just a couple of the things that are going on that I'm I'm super, super proud of, Val. So good. And of course, if you'd like to find out a little bit more about the gold community, have a listen to this. This podcast is brought to you by the Gold Community. If you're wondering what it's like to be a member of the Gold Community over at GinaMilitia.com, I asked Eva Swagger why she joined. And then all of a sudden I, I noticed that is this community and tutorials and uh, individual questions and, and um, sounded like, oh, this is really exciting. Um, it has fulfilled my expectations and beyond because uh, it's an enormous source of of, uh, of resources of, of tutorials of, of knowledge experience it's, it's always a personal touch a bit of a humor um, it's um, yeah it's just great <laughs> the major change is uh, portraits I thought this is nothing for me because well how do I dare to think about taking portraits of people who am I <laughs> to doing that but the more I, I see and I learn about it and the more I see other members uh, first struggling and then um, uh, progressing it's so in- inspiring oh certainly i would recommend it it's worth every penny <laughs> if you'd like to find out more about the gold community head to genomilitia.com and click on memberships all right so let's get stuck into this week's episode five pro tips for beginners and enthusiasts to take photography to the next level Where are we going to start on this? All right. So, you know, um, what is it that all world-class artists have in common? Um, And it's, it's, it's more than just experience and skill level. So what I want to share in this episode, Val, is five practical pro tips that you can apply to your photography to make you stand out. From the pack and this is like you don't need the fancy gear to apply these protocols and this is regardless of where you are in your uh, skill set level all right so mm-hmm. now in the last 30 years I have uh, been blessed due to like uh, some risks that I've taken and decisions that I've made and a lot of hard work to be in a position today where I'm lucky enough to be able to pick and choose the projects that I do. And I'm very grateful to be in that situation. So right now for me, the things that I value in the work that I do are the craftsmanship and high art. So you know, when I look around, I love to see simplicity, beauty and design and I love, you know, watching good quality art movies and that sort of stuff. So mm. when I create a photo, it has to be beautiful. And for me, it's not about the money. But guess what, Val? The irony of that statement is the more I care about the quality of the images that I do and what I churn out, mm-hmm. the more I get paid to do this work, right? So it's been yes. really a really great discovery. So um, I've been thinking about a lot of the artists that I respect and admire and uh, what the things are that makes them stand out. So I want to share five of those with you guys today and that you can apply these to your work and make a difference uh, to the kind of work you do. So number okay. one, Val. Yep. Yes. No pressure, no diamonds. So the importance of developing resilience. So I want to tell you a story. Now, I am obsessed with the Olympics. We know okay. this. I've talked about it. I've been watching a lot 
of Olympics late at night and it's giving me so much joy. Okay. One story that I heard mm-hmm. this week is uh, – and I'll relate it back to photography, I promise. So this week our Australian Olympic swim team won a record nine gold medals. Now this is the most gold medals the Australian Olympic team have ever won at an Olympic event. Even our home games, we didn't win that many, all right? So now to get to that level, obviously there is lots of training and lots of sacrifice, early morning, strict diets, weight training, lots of repetition in the pool, okay, which we also do as photographers. We've got to be dedicated to get to that good level. So it it involves doing those reps and, you know, being really dedicated to the craft. But hard work and dedication is going to get you to a certain point. So the hard work of these athletes gets them to the heats, and hopefully they they have enough in them to get to the finals, but the finals, Val, whole other ball game. So mm-hmm. what is it that separates the gold medal winners from the ones who get to the final but don't come out with a medal, right? So mm-hmm. genius Aussie swim coach taught his young and experienced uh, team members a fantastic lessons about resilience so what he did and this is before they went over to japan is um one morning out of the blue like they were obviously at a training camp he comes in and he wakes them all at 3 30 a.m okay they have to get dressed get in the bus they don't know where they're going and he takes them to an arena with uh extras it's packed okay oh and he tells them (laughs) it's a swim meet a surprise swim, this is a competition, right? Not only does he get the crowd to just be roaring the whole time, he's letting off fireworks at the same time, okay? Okay. Now, you'd think this is a bit extreme, but what he's doing is he's teaching them about um, develop resilience because, like, they can swim and do the laps and do, you know, practice and get their times and everything. But if you've never experienced what it's like to be at one of these world stage events where there's all these other distractions, a lot of the swimmers who are inexperienced choke. Okay. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. So he's teaching them the importance of being able to drown out all of those distractions. Okay. Mm-hmm. So as photographers, We need to train repeatedly to be match fit, but it's not enough to just um, turn up to these events that you shoot at when you're only pulling out the camera every couple of months and doing stuff in the comfort of your own home or photographing your friends. You actually get Mm. rusty and you don't have the resilience. So when you get to pro level, you have to work and learn to work in extreme environments and still be able to achieve outstanding results. So Mm. there's no such thing as a leisurely shoot. As much as we want to believe that our client's going to ring us up and go, yeah, so what we can do is like you take your time, take all day to shoot it. Our model's just going to stand there and be perfectly happy while you light, change your lighting, make mistakes, talk Mm. about it. No, you know, you've got pressure. So there's, there's always time pressure. They promise you hours, you end up with a little time. There's light pressure. The light is never playing nice when you want it to. There is, there is, um, pressure on like the the space like you don't have a large studio with high ceilings often Mm. you're in a cramped environment low ceilings there's guff everywhere okay so what do you do about that so models can be difficult picky so it's not like photographing your best friend and having a laugh because you can get people with all different kinds of personality okay so you have to contend with all these things just know that the difference between doing a shoot when it's practice and when you're doing it for reals, these are all the things I experienced on my first, you know, few shoots. Your heart is going to race, 
Adrenaline mm-hmm. is pumping through your body. You are nervous. You will immediately forget all the poses yes. that you rehearsed then spent ages researching the mm. night before. They go. Your, your mind is just empty because th- that's the adrenaline. That's what the adrenaline does. Mm. Everything becomes harder. So those critical thinking skills that you had where, where you, when you're not under pressure going, oh, there's not enough light, I'll just – you know, open up my aperture, I'll just increase my ISO, which is like, duh, when you've got all the time in the world. But when you're under pressure, suddenly all these skills go out the window and you you don't know what to do and you end up panicking and, you know, you'll abandon all the beautiful complicated lighting you have because you're under so much pressure and then you just go back to whatever your default setting is. So, Mm. My best advice to you is to get yourself match ready and learn to be resilient. So the best way you can do that, shoot every day. If you've got Mm. five minutes, just bring your camera out for five minutes and practice something, practice focus, practice setting up your lights. Um, You know, I used to, uh, whenever I did a shoot, like all the shoots, I was so nervous because I'm Val, I'm an introvert. I'm shy. I don't, you know, and so I would be nervous. I'd sweat. I'd shake. I got starstruck all the times. I was shooting <laughs> celebrities and they'd walk into the room and I'm like, oh, my God, it's Justin Bieber. <laughs> and you'd be shaking and even trying to trying to direct them. And so what happens when you're in that position and you're starstruck and it's like everyone – you lose the ability to take control of the shoot, so you're easily Who have influenced. Who you been starstruck by? I, I have to, to interrupt. Get star- I don't get starstruck anymore. I have not been starstruck when, for 20 like, years, Val. Yeah, but 20, was, 30 years ago. Well, Who yeah, were you starstruck yeah, by? So Claudia Schiffer, starstruck. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, there's been other A-listers, yeah. like, you know, jo- Joey from um, Friends, starstruck. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Matt LeBlanc. <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, what's his name? Ricky Martin, starstruck. You know, really? there's, there's people that are just like okay. they're the biggest stars in the world. You're going to get a bit starstruck. So okay. what happens in those situations is when you're a, a newbie to this and it doesn't necessarily mean you don't have to be shooting a celebrity. You could be shooting a CEO. You could be just shooting a model. Mm-hmm. But when you're not experienced and you're already dealing with the crisis in your head of like, ah, <laughs> this is all so scary. is they're going to end up taking over the shoot. So if Mm. you've got talent, art directors, publicists, even the client, they're going to start like if you start panicking and looking like you're hesitant, they'll just jump in and go, well, why don't we we just try changing the light and moving it over here? Why don't we use this background? And you'll just go, "Uh uh-huh, let's just do that because you've like everything empties from your head. So (laughs) what happens essentially then is you just become the button pusher and you've got all these other people dictating. That's not what you want to happen. So after all the shoots that I've done now, um, I go in, I'm very calm. Now, I say I'm calm, but there's also always an edge of anticipation that's really important that goes in the shoot. I want to do well. So there is a little bit of uh, good nervous energy, but I'm not starstruck and I'm not going to listen to – I will listen to other people, but I'm not going to be, you know, forced to do stuff that I don't want to do. So there's a technique that you can do to collaborate, but that has all gone away because I've developed that resilience. So how can you do this? I recommend (laughs) – Drills, drills every day, like you're training for the photography Olympics. So if you Mm. can't, you know, five, 10 minutes, 15 minutes a day, take yourself to a strange location. This is something that you can partner up with another photographer in your area and go, okay, let's pick five locations, one light and go around and we'll photograph each other with five strange locations and I want you to walk in and see how quickly you can find a spot to shoot in, find Mm. the good light, set up your, um, your light, pose the model and get the shot because the reality is that's all the time you will get. And Mm. so you'll be, the, the, your ability to do that and think quickly on your feet, you need to develop that muscle. So do this with as many new locations as possible and that is going to be a, a really good thing that you can do for yourself. Um, 
it's not going to hurt is if you invite a third friend to heckle you while you're shooting. <laughs> this also happens. Now, even if you're shooting a wedding, there's a drunk uncle that's constantly <laughs> heckling in the background or walking in front of the shoot. So you need to learn to be able to deal with those people. I've had um, shoots where I've done uh, on stage where there's a, a full arena of people just waiting for me to do the photo shoot. Tell me about pressure. That's pressure. I've been heckled by politicians in the background because he's waiting for his mate to get offset, sitting there going, can you take, hurry up and take the picture? We're going for lunch, you know. Now, normally, young young Gina would have said, yes, sir, okay, but I turn around <laughs> gave him the Sicilian smile and go, it'll be done when it's done. (laughs) Um, Right? So learn all that because this is part of the journey. And um, the other thing that I want you to think about the people that you photograph. So I've said this before, but making it, you only photographing thin and beautiful models is like shooting fish in a barrel, okay? Mm-hmm. You're not going to get a bad shot. It's Most of it is done for you, okay? You find good mm. lighting, you'll get great shots. But honestly, this is 3% of the population, okay, mm. are blessed with that accident at birth that they were born. Beautiful. The majority of the population, and get this, the people that are going to pay you the big bucks to photograph them are not, you know, are are coming all shapes and sizes. They're Mm. all ages. So challenge yourself and try and photograph all different body shapes and sizes and don't just stick to, you know, 20-something-year-old girls. Photograph all different ages. You will have a much longer, much more successful and much more uh, fulfilling uh, career doing that. All right, so let's develop that resilience, okay? Okay, good, yes, yes. So hire your friends to heckle. (laughs) (laughs) Do you like that, Val? Would you be a good heckler? What kind of stuff would you say? I think think it'd be better to hire some teenagers or or, or, or hire some kids, like hire your kids to heckle. (laughs) Hire my kids, they're not teenagers anymore, but they they were pretty good hecklers and, uh, you know, their their role in life is to keep me grounded and humble and they're very, very good at it, you know. Mm. So um, use your teenagers, just go, hey, 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 guys, while I'm shooting this, I want you to heckle me so that you can get better uh, at it. All right, so. Mm-hmm. Next tip, Val. Yes. This is a question that I want you to ask yourself when okay. you do a shot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very important question is: Can this be shot on an, a smartphone? Okay. Okay. So let's think about this. Smartphone mm-hmm. technology—it's getting better and better. So, and <laughs> we've all had this experience, and there's nothing more humbling than when you're at an event and Auntie Betty busts out her smartphone camera and takes a better. <laughs> than you right it's happened to all of us so Mm -hmm. and and the reality is there's heaps of amazing photographers that are taking great images on the smartphones they're shooting they're editing they're doing fantastic stuff i'm not taking anything away from them it's a whole new genre that's evolving but for 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 us pros Mm -hmm. particularly um portrait photographers all the other genres as well architecture product Mm -hmm. um if the shot that you're shooting could also be done on a smartphone then i think you need to change the way you're thinking about your your Uh. images so you need to do more so Mm -hmm. um you know, if you're shooting outside and obviously the light is beautiful and you go, I'm just going to do this with daylight because daylight's great, right? Mm. Yes, it is. But also the smartphone can shoot that shot just as well. So there's nothing setting you apart from the smartphone photographers. And, you know, the the clients know this. And often what I'm seeing a lot of uh, photographers complaining about is like, yeah, I shot this person and they pulled out a selfie and they said, my photos are better. 
They didn't <laughs> like it. So, so, and it's it's true. It's like the the smartphone factor is coming in. So, how can you improve the production values? Because this is where mirrorless and DSLR really can um, make their photography stand out compared to smartphone photography. So, things like lighting, okay, artificial lighting, mm. uh, photo composites editing, colour grading, the, again, your clients that are looking at your images are not going to know exactly what you did to make your images look the way they did, but they will notice the difference in clarity and sharpness, in the richness of the image and just the general production value of the image does that make mm. sense it's like yes. when you when you watch um what is a show that's filmed on video compared to something that's filmed on um I can just remember that as a kid watching Days of Our Lives, there was always something really jarring about the show that I never really understood and the reason that I never quite liked it. It just it just jarred, right? Mm-hmm. And then I realised, oh, it's because it's shot on video and it's really flat. And right. It's, it's caca. And then when you go and you watch a beautifully filmed movie, which is, you know, high production values, beautiful cinematography, you go, oh, this is a feast for my eyes. This is mm. what you're giving. Give your clients a feast for their eyes. Develop those uh, high production values. Stand out from the smartphone pack. So lighting, mm. colour grading, rich images are going to make all the difference and that's what the pros, high-end photographers are doing. Basically, don't be lazy. Go that extra mile. Do whatever it takes to make your images stand out from the pack. Yeah, right. right. Okay. I like that. I like okay. that question that you need to ask yourself. It's a great question to yeah. ask yourself, all right? Um, yeah. Creativity, Val, mm. this is the third one, very important. Now, this, your creativity is always going to be your most valuable asset. It's mm-hmm. not what you shoot it's it's not the camera that you have it's not the lens that you use it's creativity this Mm. can't be copied it can't be outsourced ai can't invent creativity that's the one thing that you know and ai is coming it's like basically the smartphone is ai that's all it is so they've Mm. worked out this this way to combine lots of photos to get that blurry background or combine merge images to get that hdr look it's all um you know artificial intelligence and also we see it in post-production where now you can rub a cursor over an area replace the sky fantastic these are all skills that like took weeks and weeks and weeks to do in the past or lots Mm. of you know scientific calculations to get right now ai has taken over everything so there are a lot of um bananas out there with iPhones that can just go, look what I did. I'm a photographer, right? But what they lack that you can have that will set you apart from everything else, everyone else is your creativity. So how do you get it? How do you become creative where you can think of ideas that are not something that you've ripped off Instagram or that Mm. you found on um, Pinterest or something like that? That's just copying. Okay. It's an original idea that you can look at someone, take their portrait and really make that portrait come alive and give them something that they've never, ever seen before that everyone goes, wow. So how do you become creative? There are a few Mm. things you can do. How do you foster your creativity? Yeah. Yes, to increase that creativity. So one of the, the best ways is to let yourself be bored and it's something that we don't do anymore because we're constantly filling ourselves with things to do. So how often are you uh, waiting in line at the checkout or stuck at the lights or, you know, you've got five minutes be- be- between the appointments? What do you do? What's the first thing everyone does? They reach for their phone and they'll get yes. online and, and scroll through uh, Instagram or Facebook. So if you can allow yourself just to have that um, few minutes of boredom. Now, as kids, we used to lie on our backs, look up at the sky, and I used to look at the clouds and see if I could make um, 
see images out of all the clouds. Did you do those games, Val, or did you play with – I can't imagine you making mud pies. I didn't really lie on the grass. No, because it's dirty. <laughs> it's and did dirty. you ever do mud pies, Val? No. no. So <laughs> I used to do all of that. But did you ever just like – because like even now in the morning, like I – don't have like I wake up to silence and often I'll just like if I'm bored I will happily stare at a ceiling and make images out of cracks in the wall that is just my um, weird way of looking at things so boredom is the gateway to creativity so sit and let yourself daydream I am a big daydreamer I'm constantly daydreaming and that is where a lot of my um great ideas come from the other way to do that is to and we've talked about this before in the podcast that there's two parts of the brain right there's the smart part of your brain that does all the um all the work for you that that does all the important things like you know okay so today I need to go to work I need to drive to work on the way I you know during the day I need to go to the supermarket I need to um you know book tickets for a show that I want to see and I'm having lunch with a friend okay the executive part of your brain the smart part is doing all of that thinking for you that's constantly on deep beyond that is the creative part of the brain it's buried Okay, the problem is to get to that creative part of the brain, we need to distract that part of the brain that's out, the worker brain part of the brain. Does that make sense, Val? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So to distract the worker part of the brain, what you need to do is do like boring activities that give that part of the brain enough to do to get distracted. So that's why you have great thoughts in the shower. You get great ideas because yeah. you're washing your body, which is enough of a distraction. And then while you're washing and keeping the that, that part of the talky part of your brain distracted for a minute, this great idea pops in. Um, mm. A glass of wine will do the same thing. Cool. Certain other <laughs> microdosing, other substances, whatever you're into, will also do the same thing, Val. Mm-hmm. So, and, and all that is is like what happens when you have that glass of wine mm-hmm. and, you know, when you just start to feel good after that first glass, it's because you've switched off the talky part of your brain that just craps on all day long about the things that you should be doing, switches it off, and suddenly you've tapped into that happier part of your brain that's just having nice ideas. That's another way to do it, walking, washing dishes. So tap into that that part, do more of that. Like They call walking like um, a moving meditation because uh, mm. it's a good way to distract that part of the brain. Um So you want to think outside the box. You want to think about with your photography, how can I do this differently? You know, don't be paid to just be a button pusher. There Mm. is more to life. So the big bucks come when they book you to not just shoot the shot, but to come in with ideas. If you can be the ideas person that you're getting booked to be, big money in that and and far more fulfilling. It's a lot more fun. So you want to be paid for your imagination. So surround yourself in beauty. And that is like, you know, if you have a small space, doesn't matter how big your space is, make it as beautiful as possible. You know, Mm. I buy flowers every week. I like to have music. Uh, I like to have nice scents around. I like to have be surrounded by nature. I love art. Um, I curate my social media feed so that I don't have a constant mm. stream of angry people yelling <laughs> at each other. I just want to see beautiful images. Yeah. And honestly, I know that's very addictive, but please stay away from the hacky Facebook groups, you know, the ones that are sharing the same boring unimaginative, um, unoriginal images each day. That's not doing your creativity any good. Mm. Um, And then avoid feedback from social media. So the masses, do you want to know what the Queen calls the masses, the Queen of England? How do you know what the Queen calls the masses? I know these things, Val. Okay, go on. Her term for the masses, Mm -hmm. milk in first. Milk in first. Yes, so it refers to how you drink your tea. So uh-huh. if you drink your tea by pouring the milk in first, mm-hmm. she she considers you a bogan <laughs> because the elite, the elite, the high class, <laughs> you put your milk in last. Right. So as much as people accuse me of being a bogan, guess what? 
you put your milk in last. I'm with the queen. I'm with you, Lizzie. I agree. (laughs) So, um, please, everyone, do not take this as gospel. We actually don't know that the queen. Yeah, but allegedly, allegedly, (laughs) are they are they litigious? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So allegedly, uh, so people that are commenting on your uh, giving you feedback on social media, the majority are clueless. Don't listen. Okay? No, can I just so, say, though, what if they're saying lovely things about Oh, your then you listen to the lovely things. But, you know, <laughs> if they're giving you critique, take it with mm-hmm. a grain of salt. You know, mm-hmm. we know that there's five people that you want to listen to. Um, you have your group of people, the people that you respect, the people whose work you admire, um, listen to them. Um, and then the rest, you don't know why they're critiquing. Some people just love to critique because it makes them feel better about themselves. So, you know, just take it all with a grain of salt. Spend your life, look at better quality art. So higher-end magazines, I love Vogue, Rolling Stone, GQ, Nat Geo. Um, Look at high-end commercial photography there are some amazing photographers art photographers okay this is all immersing yourself in beauty and creativity of the highest quality is going to really influence the stuff that you do and it's really going to help with your creativity is there anything that you do Val that um what what inspires your creativity I know you do creative dates you love to do that hmm I think that um, I what I've realised is that I need to follow what piques my interest, and yep. even if it's a a slight little nudge or a slight a slight little oh I wonder whatever I'm wondering right, and I need to let myself go down that rabbit hole and to explore the things I feel called to explore. And when I do that, I discover so many things and I get so many ideas. The shower also works really well for me. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But um, you can't shower 24 hours a day. So once you're out of the shower. Driving is a good one. Long drives. Yes, driving can can also work, yes. Um, So, yeah, I think that, yeah, the shower, uh, the shower is is more effective than driving. because uh, no no chance you're going to crash. Um, but, yeah, I think that it's very important to indulge in your creative curiosity because that leads to discovery and new ways, new ways of doing things. So when I feel that little nudge or that little, oh, maybe I should, you know, look into that, it, yeah. it, it's, it, it's always useful when I let myself do that. Yeah. Fantastic. So follow your curiosity, chase chase it down and see mm. where it leads you. Yeah, that's a great that's a great idea. All right. Number four, Val. Okay, number four. Don't be a hack. What do you mean by that? So um it's kind of uh it, you get set in your ways or you become complacent as a as a photographer so this happened to me i developed a one size fits all uh, mm. lighting style early on in my career and mm. one as soon as i worked out this this oh this works mm-hmm. i just used it for everyone okay right. and it took me a long time to realize that you know there is no one size fits all when it comes to photography mm. um, it doesn't work because you want to you want to shoot the person, not try and foist the one size fits all. And I used to do it, like on, you know, in the first few years that I was shooting, I when I found a, uh, you know, different poses, I would try and, um, you know, foist them onto the model, and it didn't always work for the model. You know, you can't, you can't have everyone like not not everyone can pull off a pose. Like some people are just. Um, it just doesn't work. It doesn't suit their personality. Some people are super awkward and they never give it get it right. And I used to just continue to work with them and force it on and, you know, trying these one-size-fits-all lighting, one-size-fits-all editing and one-size-fits-all posing. So um, 
it took me a long time to work that out that like sometimes you need to work with the person you need to understand what they're about you need to find out what their background is and uh just don't come in and go yeah I'm going to do split lighting here. Split mm-hmm. lighting doesn't work for everyone or just doing flat white background doesn't mm. work for every skin tone. So, you know, there is all these subtle differences. Window light looks amazing on some people. Hard light looks fabulous on some people, not so great on others. So you want to consider the skin tone. What's the end result? Where's the image going, you know? Um I got into a lot of trouble where I had my my crop riding tight into the face kind of era and then suddenly mm. the editor's going, did you get any with the actual top of the head? This is going to be a cover. And I'm like, no, I didn't. I didn't think to do that. So like learning from all these mistakes, I now know that it's like, you know, I will crop in camera, but I'll also zoom out and try and give more so that they've got more to work with. So mm. you want to really think about that. So uh, these are all really important so again what kind of backgrounds are you using and I know that um that uh the bush background or that the lovely forest is really really popular and the beach but it's been Mm. done to Mm. death Mm. everybody's doing it the baby on the road with the sunset done to death you know what can you do that's different um Mm. you know Think about new and exciting locations. So take a day and um, go around your neighbourhood. Even like if you live in a big city or near a big city, book one of those. Um, what are those things that you ride around on? Are they called segways? Segway, you ride yeah. Around, you do, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So you do the you do a, a touristy tour of your own town. <laughs> do one of those. You'll be amazed at all the you know alleyways and. Um, beautiful buildings and like locations that you'll discover that you never knew existed or just walk around your neighborhood and look for interesting walls, interesting alternatives to locations that you never thought of that are, are, you know, something beyond the, the park or the beach. You know, yeah, that's one thing I definitely see in terms of locations is that some photographers will just go, uh, that's the Airbnb, I know, and like every photograph they shoot is in that Airbnb <laughs> or yeah. every photograph they shoot is in a particular door or whatever. So um, I think that that is particularly super important not to get complacent with locations because, yes. you know, you keep searching out new locations. And I get it. It's easy and it's easy to go back to the default setting, you know, and it's, it's, it, it's actually a good thing to have a couple of standby default settings because mm. go back to the first point, developing resilience, you know, if you're under extreme pressure and they're giving you two minutes and you just have to nail the shot, there mm. is no time to search out a location. You might need to go to that default setting perfectly fine because as a professional it is your job to bring back something and nail the shot and so you can have these go-to scenarios that you 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 can go back to when you're under pressure but it's also good to continue building on that repertoire so think about like when you learn a particular style of lighting change it up learn change your lighting experiment work harder try different styles of lighting and that's why I encourage everyone to have a personal project that when they when you're working on something else other than the commercial work that you're doing when you can freely and easily without pressure and without the worry of messing up a job experiment with new lighting styles it's so important because then you can apply those once you get it right and you've nailed it and you're confident you can use that in your commercial work so you know, remember the story I told you at the start of the show about the um, the Goldie that the work stood out like dogs' cones will just uh, make that. And kids in the back of the car going, Mummy, what's a cone? <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, it's it's all about those one percenters and, 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 you know, don't, don't just rest and be complacent. Really work on improving those one percenters because, honestly, there's no greater feeling than when you get your work published alongside all the other photographers and it's your photo 
that stands out and it's not you cringing it's like oh my god I'm so I'm so ashamed of that photographer you know I, I should have done my white balance or I, I wish I had a different background you know and look how good that other photographer's work looks you want your work to be the mm. one so um the extra work is worth it and um definitely uh again your insta followers are not going to know the difference they're not going to understand exactly what you did but they will notice the difference and the good news is when you go with quality when you go that extra mile when you add those one percenters that quality attracts Word of mouth spreads. People talk about you. They talk about the experience that you gave them because you, you, you took the care to think about, to talk to them about wardrobe. You noticed that the jacket was crumpled. You pulled the back of the jacket so that it was all square. You brushed away the hair. You talked to them about what to wear. You were, you were interested in the color. You, 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 you were thoughtful about the background and you spent that time getting them out of their head so that they connected with the camera all of these things they go home they feel amazing they're gonna tell their friends about you and honestly when you do stuff like that they will remember that forever they'll remember that forever and hopefully they will keep you forever as their photographer as long as you keep doing that good work Mm. the good shit sticks yeah. memorable quote yeah great Sicilian people remember quote. the good stuff <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant finally, love Val, it final mm-hmm. point yes um be humble okay okay so um the best of the best one and and I see this uh at elite musicians elite athletes every a-list actor I've ever worked with is they're quietly humble, okay? They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're not, they're not um, loud. They're not, um, they don't carry on. They don't bang on about themselves a lot. They just have this quiet confidence about them. And um, th- that's because they, they've made it their life's work to be a master at their craft. And I think with that comes the realisation that the more you know, the more you realise you don't know. So they're never going to be the master. They're always the student. And what happens is um, a lot of uh, young artists, as they're coming up, they might um, be uh, a little lack in confidence and this is kind of disguised as as arrogant. So Mm. you might have met some of these in your photography Facebook group. So um, they often believe that their work is fantastic and they've got nothing left to learn. And they act as know-it-all. They'll, they'll argue with everyone and they don't listen to other people's views. So they, they, they kind of just um, stay at the same level mm. and they'll, 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 you know, brag about their achievements. So it, it, arrogance often masks, it's like a... a, a it shows insecurity, so um, th- so they need to constantly pump themselves up to make themselves feel better. So mm. the reason that they share their work is to basically to stroke their ego. When you, the difference between that and someone who has confidence is um, so the confident people sort of know what their self worth is, but they also know what work they need to do to become better. So um, that. Th- th- and that's a big difference. So what you can do, um, remaining humble, if you're working uh, in groups and you want to share your work and you want to get better, there is a couple of bits of advice I can give you. So firstly, okay. um, don't be an ask hole. <laughs> yes. Okay. What mm-hmm. is an ask hole is uh, these are the most difficult people to teach because they ask for advice, you give it mm-hmm. to them, and then they ignore it. Okay? So okay. Um, if you're asking advice from someone who, 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 who can possibly help you with your photography, give it a try. You never know. But there, for some reason there are people that are reluctant to take advice. So they'll constantly ask for advice, but then they'll just 
uh, believe that like what they're doing is always better and, and they ignore it. And it's like mm. you're not going to grow in that way. So the easiest and fastest way uh, to teach people and the people I find that move the quickest in their photography are the ones that ask for advice and then they take it and they take it to the letter and um, and then they ask more questions and they're continually asking, how can I improve? So um, I've seen this, I've seen um, students like this that go from zero skills in lighting to lighting like a pro in a week because they took this humble approach. So mm. it also comes down to how you ask your questions. So I encourage my gold members to ask, um, you know, how they can improve the image and what they can do differently next time. I think it's really important. So there, there's a couple of things you can do with your photography. If you want to get your ego stroked and nothing wrong with that, I think it's really important that you get positive feedback and that you know you're on the right track. And it's really nice to get in words of encouragement along your way. That's what Facebook's for because mm -hmm. you can post to your friends and family and they're mm. always going to go, oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> you're so good. You know, and it's just like, it's lovely. I even love hearing that, Val. I love yes. it. It's like, oh, you know, and it's like my um, greatest, fondest memory was um, just before my mum died, the one thing she said to me was how proud she was and how mm. much she loved my images. And I'll never forget that. We oh. all love that, Val, right? So mm. that's super important. So mm. that's what your friends and family are for. That, that's where you get that praise and recognition. But if you want to grow and evolve, then you need to ask the right questions and don't be afraid to ask the right questions. When you're getting your work critiqued, you're not getting critiqued. It's your work you're getting critiqued. Mm. And it's going to make you a better photographer. So it's really important that you do this. So you guys have an amazing and free way to do this. The podcast community Facebook group yeah. um, is fantastic. These guys are considerate and caring and beautiful in the way that they CC their work and lovely, thoughtful and considerate. So it's it's really fantastic and and worth doing and also there's the goal community which is also amazing so mm. don't be afraid to put yourself out there ask the right questions take the advice and see what happens your work will improve but it's like what you need to know is and throughout your whole life everything you do no you don't know what you don't know. Does that make mm. sense? Yes. We don't know what we don't know. And the only way that we can improve is if we ask people who are a little bit of ahead of us, hey, what don't I know here? What can mm. I learn? How can I be better? Yeah. So there you go. Five. Wow. Five tips beginners and enthusiasts can make to take their photography to the next level. Brilliant. That was jam-packed. That was fantastic and really, really, you know, useful um, tips and some great wisdom in there as well. So thank you, Tea Gina. That was last. awesome. Tea goes in last. <laughs> <laughs> the milk goes in last. Oh, yeah, exactly. Well, I must be a bogan then because I do the milk first. Really? Wow. Yeah, I know. I used to. Oh. I used to put the milk in last. Um but as I've gotten older, <laughs> that's just what I do. All right. So tea drinkers, please wait in. What is it? Is it tea? Is it milk in first or milk in last? And why? Tell us. I, I know that us. it's meant to be. It's meant to be the milk in last. But I just, mm. I don't know why. I've, I just changed that in the last, I would say, year. And mm. you enjoy your tea more? Yes. In fact, really, yes, I do. Well, that's fine. Whatever works, Val. <laughs> Whatever works. All right. Um, so, what are you doing in the coming week, Gina? We're at the end of this right, week's so episode. More Olympics. Oh yeah, right. Mm, more okay. Olympics. I've also uh, got a massive project that I'm working on for the next six to eight weeks. Got an amazing mm -hmm. team that I'm working with. Fingers crossed mm -hmm. that all goes well. 
Yep. And I've decided I'm going to um, – I've got more power tools. So what oh, I've God. done, right, is mm-hmm. you can now buy um, this, uh, the, the way all the tool companies have started doing this thing, which is great, is you buy the skin, which is like you buy a drill or you buy a, 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 um, a saw or you buy a, a sander or something like that, but it's just the the, the, the – um, the ones that are battery operated, it's just mm-hmm. the actual saw without the battery, right? Mm. So you can buy them reasonably cheaply and then you buy the battery, okay, mm. and then it works. So you only need one battery and then you can buy all these tools for like 30 bucks. So right. I've got this whole collection of power tools now mm. and I've got enough, like I bought an extra drill last week and so now I've got enough and I'm going to build a, uh, a screen, a bamboo screen for my deck, Oh. So that I can sunbake. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's my um that's my big project. What are you doing? Um, I won't be playing with power tools. I will probably be continuing my painting um of the coastal series that I'm doing, yeah. which is real. I'm just really thoroughly enjoying. So yeah. Yeah. Good fun. It looks right. like you are. That's great. So enjoy lockdown, peanut butter, add yep. a bit of um, – I yep. would be uh, adding a bit of Nutella to that uh, <laughs> just to take it to the next level. <laughs> All right. Where do we find you online, Gina? So you can find me at ginamilitia.com. That's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. I'm at Gina Militia on all social media. And if you want to take your photography to the next level, I'd love the opportunity to work with you. You can uh, find out about the Gold Community at ginamilitia.com and click on uh, membership. What is it, Val? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Membership. Click on membership. What about you, Val? You'll find me at Valerie Koo. That's K H O O on Twitter and Instagram and over at ValerieKoo.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.